Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Amen. Good morning. Are you guys well? Most of you in this room in the last couple of years probably hanged out with me and Carol. Or you've interacted with us uh, in some capacity. And you would know that we love to sing the praises of Pastor Jude and Becky. And uh, I've never had the chance to do that uh, publicly. So I just wanted to honor you guys and thank you for being so amazing. Not only are you world-class leaders, but you're the best local church pastors. And uh, we're forever grateful for you. Amen. Can we give it up for Pastor Jude and Becky one more time? All right. Did you guys have good Thanksgiving? Yeah. Okay, one of the things I love about America is that we're all in this together when it comes to Thanksgiving, right? It's like you're eating so much, but it's cool because all the rest of the country is doing the same thing, you know, so you don't feel so guilty about it. And um, actually, last year I had gravy for the first time. And uh, yeah, well, as Pastor Jude said, you know, I'm not from here. And so uh, I tried gravy for the first time and uh, I was putting the food and I put a little bit of gravy, just a little bit, you know, try. And uh, I started eating that and I was like, my God, this is amazing, <laughs> you know. And so uh, we ate and mind you, I was already full, but I went for seconds. And so I'm serving the plate and I look at that gravy and I was like, oh, man, we're going to start a relationship today. <laughs> so I started pouring that thing. And, I mean, my plate looked like soup, literally. <laughs> so much gravy in that plate. And so I sit on the table, and Carol is sitting next to me. And she looks at me, and she goes like this. <laughs> and I felt a little bit of judgment uh, from that look, you know. But you know what guys do sometimes, just play dumb, like, oh my gosh, babe, isn't this amazing? And she goes, do you know what that is? And I was like, it's an amazing sauce that Kool-Aid made. You know, and she's like, no, that's all the fat from the turkey that we're eating, and you're eating all by yourself. <laughs> and so in my head, I thought, my God, it's going to take me three years to burn this off my belly. But, you know, I didn't want to, you know, come across as a loser. So I was like, well, you know what? I'm going to buy the ab shocker that I saw on the net on Instagram. And I'm still going to have a six-pack. <laughs> you know? But uh, even if you don't know Carol, you can, you can tell by this description who has the fit body in this family. Right? <laughs> uh, anyways, but we love Thanksgiving. And uh, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving week. And uh, so a few weeks ago, I was praying about well, what I was going to speak today, and I felt an impression in my heart. I really felt um, that I should speak on something that I believe God wants us today to have the right perspective on. And uh, today I would like to share with you on the subject of trust. And especially in the times we're living in, where uncertainty is so predominant in so many areas of our lives, 
I believe that it's uh, of paramount importance that we truly have the right perspective on what God wants us to believe and to think about trust. Amen? So let me pray with you. Father, we thank you so much. We thank you for your presence in this place. We thank you, Lord, that uh, you, your word is alive. And I pray, Lord, that you would reveal yourself to us. Lord, I pray that my words would be, become revelation uh, to us this morning. And I thank you for that. Help my English in Jesus' name. Amen <clears throat> and amen. So the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, if you're a devoted Christian that still takes notes in church, the title of my message is Trust Issues. Trust Issues. And I know everybody who has trust issues is only watching online. They didn't come today. Um, trust. Do you know anyone with trust issues? You know that guy that has a problem with everything? You know, it's like, oh, my God, we should go there. <clears throat> I don't trust those people. You know, why? Because, you know, he has no reasons for not trusting people. But I believe uh, at some point we all uh, deal with trust issues. And really the core of our society is based on trust, right? Everything functions around the concept of trust. Companies spend millions of dollars every year trying to build trust with their customers, right? The other day I was at Trader Joe's and uh, it was on Black Friday. They said it's the lowest day on, uh, at Trader Joe's. And I go up to the cashier and I go, okay, so what's the Black Friday specials? He looks at me and goes like, you're special, you know. <laughs> we don't have any specials. Uh, and I said, why? And he goes, well, because we're committed to uh, always making the best prices available for whoever comes to Trader Joe's. And so we never have, have sale because we want to give you the best price all year round. What was this guy doing? He's trying to build trust, right? And trust is such a fundamental part of life, right? Even since we're kids, a four-year-old uh, gets lost in the store and he starts crying and people are trying to find the parents. And the kid won't start crying until he finds security in someone he knows because he will only be at peace when he finds someone he can trust. Or even uh, today, you know, after church, I'm going to go to a restaurant, have lunch. I'm going to trust that restaurant with the food they're going to give me that it was uh, prepared in a safe way, that it's not going to give me food poisoning. And then I'm going to eat because uh, I haven't eaten since Thursday because I ate so much. <laughs> And when I'm done eating, I'm going to give the guy, and I'm, I'm going to give him my credit card. Well, it's a debit card, okay? In the Resende household, credit card is a cuss word. <laughs> a debit card. And I'm going to trust him with my card, right? I'm going to trust him that he's going to go, and he's not going to run away with my card or charge me, um, you know, a higher amount. And actually, on a broader scale, the reason why I even have a credit card is because I trust the bank with my money, right? Trust is everywhere. But there's also a different type of trust. And it's a trust that involves your emotions. It's a trust that involves what's important to you. It involves the things that you hold close to your heart. And that's usually the type of uh, place where trust issues flow from. Because it's the type of trust that is formed not only uh, from the inside out, but it's formed from the outside in where... Uh, Usually it's based on past experiences or in something you went through or in something someone told you. 
right? And this causes trust issues within us. Trust issues like assuming people are against you, assuming the worst about people. So many people, they just go through life and I don't trust anybody because of something that happened 10 years ago. But I can open my heart to anybody because uh, I hold that. I, I'm holding that in my heart. I let that weight be in my life for so long and I never get rid of that. Trust issues like assuming the worst about people, avoiding commitment, isolating yourself from others, feeling overprotective, not wanting to open up to people. And the thing about trust, sometimes it's hard to put your finger on trust. You can't really define it that well. But the thing about trust is you know when you have it and you know when you don't, right? And trust, by definition, it, trust is the firm belief in the reliability, truth, or strength of something or someone. And we all have trust, right? I guess having trust isn't the issue. It's that we put our trust on the wrong things. We put our trust in so many things, maybe even the last couple of years. Uh, something you trusted, uh, maybe you trusted um, the school you went to. And then COVID hit and forget where you graduated from because now we're all trying to figure everything out, right? And we put trust in so many different things and we put, and we put our trust in the wrong things. Why? Because we try to put our trust in things that fit only what makes sense in our head. We try to put our trust in things that only go to the level of our ability to comprehend the outcome of that. And to a certain extent, sometimes we do put our trust in things that are reliable, that are true, that, are, that have strength. But what happens in where they become wrong is when you put your hope so much in the thing you trust that you forget to put your trust in the one who gave you life, in the one who has all the answers, in the only one who can give you a fulfilled life. And the only one who has the answers. And maybe the reason why we start feeling disoriented at some point in life, I believe all of us feel a little bit disoriented in some area of life is because you're looking for direction in the wrong place. We're looking for direction in the things we can comprehend and that we're putting our trust on. But what the Bible says is you have to put your trust in God. And if you have your Bibles with me, uh, open with me in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I love that Pastor Jude already read this passage earlier today. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And I love how Pastor Jude lately, um, the last couple of months, he's been encouraging us to, you know, open your Bible. Read, uh, read it on your phone. It's because, and the reason why I, it resonates with me so much it's because um, one thing is listening to someone read the Bible. One thing is hearing the preacher read it. Another thing is me reading it in my Bible. It makes it personal to me. It becomes a part of my Bible reading. So I want to encourage you today and online to open your Bible and let's read Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And this is what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways, submit to him, 
and he will make your path straight. The message version says, trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do. Everywhere you go. He is the one who will keep you on track. Don't assume that you know it all. Run to God. Run from evil. And your body will glow with health. And your very bones will vibrate with life. And the reason why this passage is so personal to me is because I know I should trust God. Grew up in church. I know I should trust God. But what happens throughout life is that I sometimes forget to trust in God, if I'm being fully honest with you. Sometimes I actually think I know what's best for me. And trusting God, if you really think about it, trusting God is not something, uh, it's not an obligation. It's not something I owe him. I don't have to trust God. Actually, uh, let me just break this out for you. God doesn't need you to trust him. He doesn't really, uh, there's not a lot in it for him. Um, But in his infinite mercy, in his infinite love for you, He makes trusting Him an option. He makes trusting Him an opportunity and a a privilege for you. And when I understand this, I understand that trusting God is believing that I don't have to trust in myself. I don't have to be in control because I trust that He is in control. Does anyone here know a control freak? You know, that person that always wants to be in control. I don't consider myself a control freak. However, I think I am one. Um, But not because I love control. It's because I hate not having control. And a lot of life is just me trying to control things. Even if I'm not a control freak. But uh, deep inside, if I get... um, Bad news, my first reaction is, how can I control the situation? What can I do? What's the solution? What's the plan? How can we solve this? And we're all wired like this. We're all wired to figure things out on our own. We're all wired. Our first response is not uh, trusting God, Lord, this is on you. No, my first response is, what can I do to control this situation. Life throws you a curveball and what do you do? Okay, what can we do? How can, how can I be in control of this? Right? Am I the only one? There's this guy, um, Prophet Alimu. He is this guy, very thick African accent. And he's one of the most spiritual people I know. You know, he's the type of guy who go, hey, Prophet Alimu, your house is on fire. Go, oh, do not worry, my brother. The Lord will give me a better one. And I'm like, no, he's not. Your insurance company will, you know. So stand straight, let me take a photo of you so they know that we can prove that you weren't even at the house when you happened, you know. I want to try and control the situation. That's my first reaction. But in all seriousness, When God says, and when Solomon, when he is suggesting in this passage, trust the Lord. For God, it's never about the solution. Making trust available for us 
It's not about the solutions he has for us. It's about a relationship with him. You ask me, how can I start trusting God? You start having a relationship with him. Pastor Jude always tells us in our communication team, as much as is in you, preach the word. And so what I did was I did a study on these two verses, and I went to the root words, both um, in Hebrew and in Latin, of each word of these verses. And uh, the, word he, uh, the word trust in Hebrew is the word batak, what means to cling to, to hold on to. When life gets tough, what do you do? What is he telling us to do? Cling to God. Hold on to him. Have you seen uh, at the grocery stores those little kids that like <clears throat> the mom is trying to grocery shop and the kid is just like clinging to the leg? That's like the most embarrassing thing. It's like, why doesn't this mom just smack that kid in the head and tell him to stop? You know? But what God is saying is the opposite. He says, when life gets tough, when uncertainty is all around you, when you don't know what to do, cling to me. Hold on to me. Don't let go of me. That's where you're going to find peace. Now, as I was thinking about this word, you can only hold on to something you're close to. You can only hold on to God if you have a relationship of proximity with him. You can only hold on to God. And honestly, I truly think that on God's perspective, his deepest desire is not just to bring us the solutions. It's not only... Uh, for you to have a successful life, for you to live a good life. I believe more than anything, what God wants is relationship. He doesn't want you to trust him for the solution he can give you. Because a lot of times too, and that's one of the ways we try to control, even for me, if I'm being honest, even in my spirituality, it's like, well, I got this bad report, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to pretend God doesn't know about my insecurity, and I'm going to pray an hour a day. I'm going to double my bill together giving, and uh, hopefully I can, with this commitment, kind of just like direct a little bit God's heart towards the outcome I want. But sometimes we do that, and sometimes we try to control the outcomes of our life based on what we understand, and we try to build a relationship with God based on what he can do for us. Lord, I'm going to trust you for this. Lord, I'm going to trust you to give me this solution. Lord, I'm trusting you for you to answer this prayer. And what God is saying is, no, all I want in this relationship of trust is hold on to me. Be close to me. I want to talk to you. I want you to know me. I want you to know the desires of my heart. I want you to know what I have for you. I created you. Can you imagine that the ruler of the universe, the creator of heaven and earth, wants a relationship with you? Can you imagine that? And where it gets a little bit tricky sometimes is because maybe on Sunday you'll leave here today and you'll say, Wow, I really want this relationship of trust. I really want to trust God. God, you know what? I want to trust you with everything in my life. But tomorrow, life is full of what ifs. Life is full of what ifs. What if this happens? What if this doesn't happen? 
What if I don't get married? What if I marry the wrong person? What if 2022 is as uncertain as 2020 and 2021? What if I lose my job? What if I stay on this job? Life is so full of what ifs. And what do you do when the what ifs of life start speaking so loud in your mind that you don't know, you don't even know what direction to go? You do what Proverbs 3, 5 says. You trust in the Lord with all your heart and you lean not on your own understanding. When the what ifs of life start speaking loud, you say, Lord, you know what? I'm not certain. I don't know what the outcome is, but I'm confident. I'm confident, Lord, that you're going to come through. I'm confident that through my relationship of intimacy with you, you're going to show me the way. Psalm says, Psalms 35, I believe, says, trust in the Lord. Delight yourself in him. You know what that means? I'm not confident, Lord. I'm not certain, Lord, but I'm confident. I'm not certain what the outcome is going to be with this situation, but I'm confident you're going to guide the way. Lord, I'm not certain what 2022 is going to look like, but I'm confident you're going to do something. Lord, I'm not certain about this situation with this family member of mine, but I'm confident that you're going to show up, that you're going to do something, Lord. Not because we're in this relationship for what you can do, but I know that all things work together for the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. And Lord, if I, if I am in a relationship with you, if I'm seeking you, I know you're going to come through. Amen. And it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Trust in the Lord. I love how Solomon, he starts the verse by telling you what should be the object of your trust. The object of your trust. I remember when I was 18 years old and uh, I had come to study here in the U.S. and I had to go back to Portugal uh, to work some things out with my visa and during that time, when, uh, while I was waiting for my visa, I ended up working with a mission in Denmark. And um, I remember being there, and I mean, uh, I was as broke as it can be. I was an 18-year-old having to travel country to country. And I remember um, this one day, I was walking in the street in a city called Kogis, right outside of Copenhagen. And I was walking in that street, and I started getting in my head a lot. Because um, another thing about trusting God, too, is at some point you're going to have to fully decide to trust God. At some point you have to transfer the trust. I remember, you know, growing up, my trust really was in my parents. My security was in them. And uh, when I was 17, I remember I told my parents, uh, you know, we were praying about me leaving. And so my dad tells me, uh, okay, son. You have our blessing. We're going to be here. Here's 500 bucks. And we're going to be praying for you. And the Holy Spirit will guide you. And in his language means, figure it out. (laughs) Don't be calling me for money from now on. You know, although they're very generous to me. But that day I had to decide, okay, Lord, you know what? I'm making that transfer. 
my trust, my security, my confidence is, not, is no longer in my parents and what they can provide. It's in you. And I remember that day walking um, in Denmark in that street. And I started getting in my head a lot. Like, how am I going to pay for this stuff? And how am I going to pay for it? At that time, even a flight was a huge amount of money for me. And um, I made one of the most honest prayers I have, I've ever made. I said, Holy Spirit... I know you have plans for my life. And I know you're going to be faithful. And I know you're going to take care of me. And um, I certainly don't know how you're going to pay for it. Uh, but I know that as long as I have you, I'll be okay. And um, a few days later, the mission I was working with, they sent me to a church, me and a team, uh, to do a pitch and see if the church uh, leaders wanted to be involved with what we were doing. And so we went, and we did the pitch. And at the end, one of the guys, uh, he was a marketplace guy, and he came up to me and he said, man, it was so good. And um, we really want to, you know, get behind what you guys are doing. But hey, what, what are your plans for, you know, after this? And I said, no, actually, I'm waiting for a visa um, to come through so I can go back to the States. And he goes, well... I own the second biggest uh, Christian book publishing company in Scandinavia. And uh, why don't you come work for me? And I said, well, that would be amazing. And so I ended up working for the guy. His name is Doug. And a couple of weeks into the job, he calls me into his office. And Doug says to me, here's this credit card. And this will be your company card. And uh, I want you to use this for your company expenses, but not only for that. Whenever your visa comes through, I want you to use this card to pay for your tickets. And once you move to the U.S., we want to buy your car. And uh, actually, we want you to be the bridge between our Latin America partners and us here. And so as you're there, you can always use this card. And I would just want you to know that as long as you have this card, you'll be okay. There will be funds in here for you. Okay? Now, fast forward eight months later... What happens is, uh, and I will never forget this, I'm at the Zara store at Aventura Mall in Fort Lauderdale, and I swipe the card, and it says, invalid transaction. <laughs> and, uh, and I was like, you know what, it's an inter international card, just do it again. <laughs> and the guy swipes it again, invalid transaction again. And, you know, in my head, I start freaking out. I mean, outside I was just like, oh, let me just go to the car and grab my other card, you know, that I don't have. <laughs> just keep this here on the counter, you know, I'll be right back. And in my head I'm like, bro, what in the world is happening? I start freaking out. I start calling the office. I call the bank in Denmark. I call the company. And finally I get through with the CFO, the company, and he says, Isaac, what happened was... Um, The owner of the company, he's a part of a political party. And uh, there's an investigation in everybody in that political party. And they froze all the accounts indefinitely. So we don't know what's going to happen. And um, I was like, okay, amen. Now, how am I going to pay for this? How am I going to pay for that? How am I going to pay for that? And I started freaking out. And obviously, you know, a few weeks later, he was uh, proven innocent But what I realized was, in this process, throughout these eight months, 
my trust was now in the job God gave me instead of in the God who gave me the job. Yeah, some of you already know where I'm going. Because you started off right, but now your trust is in the job God gave you. You started off right, but now your trust is in the kid you prayed for for so long. And God gave you that kid, and then now your trust is in the kid instead of the God who gave you the kid. And now I'm actually worried, how am I going to pay for the college for this kid? Where God is saying, hey, 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 I gave you the kid. Forget your plans. I have plans for him. Surrender that to me. You're putting your trust in the house God gave you instead of in the, God, in the God who gave you the house. And then the pipes burst and you start freaking out. And God is saying, hey, hey, hey. Remember me? The one that gave you the house when you didn't have the finances? Hold on to me. Come back. Cling to me. Hold on to me. I have the answers. I know what's best for you. And he says, trust in God with all your heart. Not with everything but your finances. Not with everything but your strategic plan for your company. Trust him in everything with all of your heart. And it says, verse 6, in all your ways. The message version says, in everything, submit to him. In other words, this means don't ever believe or see yourself as self-sufficient. And I'm guilty of this because in many areas of my life, I see myself as self-sufficient. And what sucks about that is because there's so many miracles God wanted to have done in my life that he couldn't do because I was self-sufficient. I got this. All right? Spare me, Lord. You'll see, and you'll be proud of me. <laughs> and I see myself as self-sufficient. But it says, in all your ways. The word ways in the original Hebrew is derek, which means as you go in your journey, in the course of your life, learn to know him. Learn to perceive him and to be instructed by him being instructed by him is having his insight in your decisions having his insight in your plans lord what are you guiding me right now where are you guiding me to i know you put this idea in my head what are you trying to do asking him submitting your plans to him have you given god permission to say yes or no to your plans because so many times we just go through life and we're doing things and we're making plans and here it is Lord bless it thank you amen here I go submitting your plans to God what has he called you to do where is his grace in your life what has he blessed you to accomplish you know why because the saddest not the wrong not the baddest, the saddest type of success is becoming successful at something God didn't call you to do. Is living only in a worldly perspective. Is having 
no divine vision to your sight. But once you submit your plans to God, what does it say? He will make your path straight. Submitting your plans. And let me just say, this doesn't mean don't have plans. All right, you know what? So I'm just going to sit here and wait for God to show me exactly what to do. Mom, can you bring me some popcorn? You know, no. Have plans in all your ways. Have ways, but then submit them to God. I remember in the end of 2020, uh, you know, I had so many plans for 2020. And, you know, we're going to do this with groups and this with teams. And this is the layer of leadership. And then this is how we're going to train. And then, you know, 2020 happens. And so at the end of the year, I was praying and I said, God, you know what? I'm not going to make any plans for 2021, but I trust you to guide me. You know, I'll blindly take step by step and you will guide me. And I felt like God speaking to me. And I remember that verse said, a man makes his plans, but the Lord establishes his steps. And God spoke to me and he says, I can't bless plans you don't make. Have your plans. Make plans. Have a good strategy. But then submit them to God. A loose grip on your plans and a tight grip on God. And it says, and he will make your path straight. Other versions say he will show you the right way or he will show you what to do. Imagine a life where you know what to do. Imagine a life where it's so habitual for you to be in his presence that you don't have to go through 21 days of prayer and fasting to figure out what to do. Imagine a life where you know what to do, where he is showing you the way. I love one, one time I was speaking to Pastor Jude and, and he told me, think of your spirit like a ball in the ocean and think of it how the ball goes up and down with the water. Let your spirit be like that. Let that water go up and down. And God, the Holy Spirit is guiding the flow of that ball. And he's guiding the flow of your life. And he's guiding the flow of the conversations you should and the ones you should not have. And he's guiding your temper when you start getting riled up. And he's guiding your heart when you start feeling frustration and he is guiding your plans as you think of the future amen and um, I want to invite the band to come up and so you ask me how do I trust God how can I trust God you cling to him you hold on to him because life will try and distract you and I don't want to be the extra spiritual. The enemy is going to try to pull you away from God. But life does have the ability to distract you. And you start putting your trust on what you can understand. You start putting your trust in what makes sense to you. And I love how even the definition of trust is um, the firm belief in the reliability of something. It's almost like a surfer in the sea and the waves start hitting him. And as long as he's holding on to his surfboard, he'll be okay. And he can hold on to that surfboard for three hours. But if he tries to swim for three hours, he'll be done. 
hold on to the surfboard. Why do we try and keep swimming if we have a surfboard? Hold on to God. He has the answers. He knows your future. He knows your past. He knows the plans He has for you. Hold on to Him. And I want to tell you three moments in life that you should really remember to trust God. Number one is trust Him with your beginnings. Trust God with your beginnings. Why? Because I believe there's a lot of dreams in this room and plans and ideas that haven't seen the light of day yet because you're holding on to the thought that you're not good enough or the thought that you don't have what it takes to make that happen. And you're holding on to that thought more than you're holding on to God that says, if I'm giving you this thought, I already put in you everything it takes for this to be a success. The second moment is hold on to God in your middles. In the middle. Why in the middle? The middle is when I thought I was going to pray for this for a couple of weeks and then God was going to completely change the situation, but it's been a year and nothing has changed. Or I took a step of faith and I was believing in this, but I haven't seen anything happen. Trust Him in the middle. Because he has plans for you. The, the word says that his ways are higher than your ways. Don't try to understand. He has it under control. And the third, trust him in your endings. And maybe it was an ending that you weren't expecting. Maybe it was an end that you didn't see it coming. And it made you insecure. Maybe it even, even hurt you. Trust him in your endings. Why? Because he has better plans. He has better plans for you. With God, every end is a new beginning. His mercies are renewed every morning over your life. Trust Him with your endings. Amen? Will you stand with me this morning? And I was, um, as I was studying each word in these passages, uh, I came across this word to understand. It says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. The word understanding in Latin is understandum, which means to comprehend. However, um, in the early English, this word understand was obviously the junction between under and stand. And the word under um, didn't only mean beneath, which we're used to this um, meaning, but The word under meant among, in front of, or in the presence of. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on what you're in the presence of. What's taking your peace today? What are you in the presence of? What's that thought in your head that keeps coming, keeps coming, keeps coming? And instead of clinging unto God, you're clinging to that. Instead of holding on to God, you're holding on to that. What are you in the presence of this morning? I believe today, God wants to give you an opportunity to trust Him again. Or maybe trust Him for the first time. Trusting Him is the best thing you can do. Why? Because God is not looking for 
an outcome for your life. He's looking for a relationship with you. As life goes by, so many things will happen. And the one thing that will matter is how close I was with him. How much I did and accomplished what he had for my life. Amen. If this is a word in season for you, if you believe that this is something uh, that God is speaking to you, would you stretch your hands to heaven? And just start telling him, Lord, I trust you. In your own words, come on, in your own words, just start telling him, Lord, I trust you. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what's the situation you're standing in the presence of. But take this opportunity, tell him, Lord, I trust you. Lord, I trust you with this. Lord, I don't want to lean on my own understanding. I don't want to lean on what I can understand. Lord, I don't want to lean on the experiences I've had in the past. Lord, I want to lean to you. I want to hold on to you. Lord, my trust is in you. Lord, I know you have better plans. Lord, I know you have my best interests in mind. And Lord, I thank you that I can trust you. And so today, Lord, I surrender control. Today, Lord, I surrender control. I give this to you. Lord, I give this to you and I trust you that you have the best for me. Lord, I trust you that you have the best for me. And Father, right now, I just pray for all of us here in this room. And Lord, I thank you that your ways are higher than our ways. Lord, I thank you that we are surrounded by your grace. We're surrounded by your faithfulness. We're surrounded by your favor. And Lord, we thank you that a relationship with you is all we need. But you go further than that. Lord, your far-reaching hands reach where, where we couldn't reach. Lord, your far-reaching hands are doing what we could not do. And so, Lord, we thank you that even as we pray this morning, you are changing circumstances. Lord, you are changing things. Lord, you are working on our behalf. Lord, whether it's a problem with me, whether it's a frustration I have, whether it's a fear I have, whether it's something with someone I love, Lord, I thank you that you have control. And Lord, I thank you that you are never late. You are never late, Lord. You know you have plans. And Lord, we thank you that supernaturally you intervene in our behalf. And Lord, we thank you that your plans for us are, are good. You have plans to prosper us. Lord, we thank you, as Romans says, that you work all things out. You work all things out. The things I like, the things I don't. The things I love, the things I fear. The things that are in my favor, the things that are against me. You work all things out for the good. For the good. For my good. For the good of those who love you and are called according to your purpose. So today, Lord, we surrender control. And we trust you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I can't finish today without giving you an opportunity to give your life to Jesus. Maybe it's your first time here or maybe you've been here before and you've never made a decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life. And today, friend, whether you're here or online, I want you to give you that opportunity. And... I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've done. God is not after perfect people. The Bible is full of imperfect, fallible people that surrendered their lives to Christ and their lives were completely turned around. And so today, 
I want to give you this opportunity if it's your first time or maybe you've made this decision a long time ago but life happened and you drifted away today the father's arms are wide open waiting for you and so today if this is you and you say Isaac include me in this prayer would you raise your hand just so I can pray for you today amen thank you thank you thank you let's all pray this prayer together say Jesus I thank you for the gift of salvation thank you for giving your life and dying for me so I could have life and life more abundantly today I surrender to you and I invite you to be my Savior to be the Lord of my life the past is behind me and the future is bright thank you for the plans you have for me in Jesus name and everybody said amen God bless you city church we so appreciate you spending time with us if you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California you can go to our website citychurchca.com and click give thanks again and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday